Mentor My Mix is made possible by PureMind Music and Audio Production Institute. Evolve your sound with expert trainers and up-to-date courses designed to fit the needs of emerging artists and producers. Go to PureMind.com for details about the San Francisco campus and online programs. Hey, hello, and welcome to the Mentor My Mix podcast. I'm Greg Gordon. I'm your host. And today I am very psyched to have with me Psytrance artist Gizma. And Gizma's here with me. Recently come back from Mexico, I believe, and native Mexican-born. And really excited to uh, be able to talk about her journey into music and life in general, too, because Gizma's been up to a lot of interesting things that I know we're going to get to talk about. But we first crossed paths back in 2012, I believe it was, when you first came to Pyramind, right? Correct. So just tell us a little bit about you know your journey coming into America from Mexico, because I know you've kind of had a bit of a double life. We chatted about that <laughs> earlier, right? Kind of going back and forth. And you came here at a pretty young age originally, right? Yes. Child of uh, both worlds. Uh, I've been coming back and forth from Mexico and the States since I was uh, four years old. Uh-huh. But when I came to the States to study at Paramind, I had finished medical school and had been practicing as a doctor for several years, but really wanted to continue my musical journey and education, which is why I came to San Francisco again and Paramind. That's really cool. And so you went to medical school at the University of Michoacan, right? Yes. And what year did you graduate from there? 2009. 2009. And what was kind of the, your impetus for going there? Did you always want to be a doctor? Was that something that was kind of in your head all along? Or was that something that you were nurtured into? I was nurtured into it. Both yeah. my parents are doctors and researchers and it's very scientific households. So. Ah, so it's in the family. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and what about music? Is that in the family too? Yes, but not so seriously, I guess. I took it to the next level. You really did, huh? So why Pyramind? What made you want to come to Pyramind back in 2012? So when I mentioned that I was going back and forth between Mexico and the States, it was always San Francisco that I came to. So I grew up in San Francisco for a good period of my life, and I wanted to be here, and I researched music schools, and Pyramind was the one that I loved the most and really spoke to me. Nice. And when you were like going back and forth, were you going to school here too? Yeah, uh, yes. Oh, cool. Did you go to high school here in San Francisco as well? For a year, yes. Oh, okay. Can I ask which one? I'd Gateway care. High. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I went to high school here too. So I know a lot of the high schools. I've heard of Gateway. So you came here and this was after med school because you graduated med school in 2009, huh? And did you have any kind of formal training before that? Any kind of music training just friends teaching me how to DJ, really. really? That was it. <laughs> that was that was it. <laughs> yeah. So then you came to Pyramind, and what was that like for you, entering into that kind of a learning world, coming out of med school? I'm sure that must have been a very different kind of experience, right? It was a high contrast experience, but I was so excited and so happy and so bushy-tailed about it. <laughs> so you were excited. You were yeah. definitely psyched. And I think you got into our electronic music producer program, mm-hmm. took you know some select class, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And what were you looking to get out of it at that time? Let me rephrase that. Had you already been DJing at that point? You yes. were DJing, right? Because yes. you kind of came up DJing through med school. Is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. I was learning how to do it and then playing gigs like parallel to medical school. What kind of gear did you learn on? What was your first 
CDJ 100s. Oh, wow. So you were loading CDs in those, yes. right? So obviously that's evolved pretty dramatically now. Yes. And for those of you checking us out live right now, you should know that in just a couple of hours, we're going to go live again with Gizma for the PureMind DJ Performance Lab. And you're going to do a DJ set for us, right? We're going to live stream a DJ. That's going to be pretty cool. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So make sure to tune into that too if you're checking us out now. This is actually our first live stream on Twitch in quite a while. Actually, that's not true. We've been live streaming our DJ sets and live performances on Twitch too. But this is the first time we're live streaming this podcast. So I'm excited. For all you Twitchers out there, I don't know if anybody's listening yet. We don't have a big audience on Twitch, but we're hoping to grow that. We're certainly hoping to grow that. And this is a great way to kick it off. So thanks for being here today. But speaking of kicking it off, what I would like to do is kick this off with one of your tunes, because you've got some really cool tunes. And then we can talk about a little bit how they're produced, how you produce this track. Because this, I think this first track, it's called The Opening, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. And this is a track you produced yourself, right? Correct. All right, let's check this out. This is cool. Here we go. Let's see what we got. I trance. <laughs> I love it.
so that's pretty awesome. Holy Thanks. cow. How long does it take you to produce a track like that? In hours? Yeah. What would you say? I mean, days, weeks, whatever. However, <laughs> however you want to frame it, you know? Well, life is pretty hectic, but if I compiled it in hours, probably maybe like 10. Really? That's it? Yeah. That's impressive. It'd probably take me a lot longer. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't produce that trance, so. Uh, <laughs> so what do you produce it in? What do you like to use? Logic. Of logic course. 10. You use Logic. And so, yeah, let's talk about Logic, because I know you were at Pyramine during the time of Dave Earl, the SF Logic Ninja, yes. when he was teaching there, and how did that impact you? A lot. I think once I walked into that class and seen him do all his ninja magic with Logic, I was just hooked, and it made Logic my home, like an extension of me, which which is what Pyramine taught me. Is Whatever you're using, make sure that you find a home and it's an extension of you. And that's exactly what happened. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. I, I love the way you put that. That's great. And for those of you who don't know Dave Earl, well, you should. <laughs> He's amazing. And he was actually one of Pyramon's very first instructors. And he created a character for himself, the SF Logic Ninja, through all of his amazing Logic tutorials that he put up on YouTube and grew quite a following that way and um, is currently now working for Apple as the product manager for Logic, huh? which is really a cool trajectory. I love seeing success stories like that. We've had so many coming out of Pyramind go to such incredible success, much like yourself on, on your own dual path, you know, being a doctor and using that for such good, for societal good. And I certainly want to talk about that. But before we move on, let's keep talking about this track. So tell us about, you know, what's the influence behind this track? What's inspiring you? And talk a little bit about your, your production techniques here. What, what are you doing here? What's going on? It's what? coming out of Gizma's mind, right? <laughs> yes. Gizma mind. <laughs> well, that dual life that I lead, it's not as dual anymore. It's kind of coming together more and more. As a scientist, a researcher, a physician, and a musician, I'm trying to bring that in together so a lot of the influence of the ideas for the music comes from actual science and just the philosophies that I'm working on on a daily basis so this track the opening it says the opening of the heart which is a phrase from one of uh, Christina Groff's books talking about addiction and overcoming addiction and so the work that I'm doing in research is partly in those realms and you know, Christina Groff she was Stan Groff's wife and they work together a lot and Stan Groff is uh, one of the luminaries for psychedelic assisted therapy. Ah, so I think it's important then for us to just take a moment to acknowledge that because part of what you're doing is work that you're doing for the organization called MAPS, right? Yes. So tell us about that just for a minute, and then we can circle back as to how it relates to the music you're producing and playing too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so MAPS is a company that was founded in mid-1980s for the purpose of continuing the psychedelic research that was born uh, back in the 60s that was halted because of various political situations and now it is researching MDMA assisted therapy for post-traumatic stress syndrome. Wow, that's amazing. And tell us what MAP stands for, first of all, so everybody knows. Multidisciplinary here. Association for Psychedelic Studies. Right. And how did you become connected with this organization? I've been working in research for 
around six years in the U.S. After I finished Paramind, I continued my work as a doctor and in research in the U.S. And I've always been interested in this field because I'm Mexican and psychedelic medicine is deeply embedded in my culture. I wanted to be part of bringing these medicines to science and the forefront of healing. So that's how I found MAPS. And then did you realize when you first started making music that there was going to be a connective tissue between your medical studies and the research that you do? Yes, yes. That, that was always the plan. I'm a big fan of neuroscience, and there's a neuroscience field that works with music. Uh-huh. So when I was studying medicine, I was always looking into how music and sound related to the brain and diseases of the brain. Yes. So I was always trying to bring those together. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, vibrational therapy in its own way, right? Sound yeah. vibrational therapy. Yeah. I've worked with others on this path as well and people who uh, use different modalities for transmission of sound into the body. One is like a sound bed that uses bass vibrations to transmit sound through the body. How do you see that working in your studies? I know you can't talk too much about this, but I'm curious to know what is the most powerful way of transmitting that experience of sound integration into the healing process? It depends on what you're trying to heal. There's different diseases that require different attentions. For example, for Parkinson's patients, music with rhythm is needed. So, And it's seen that it reestablishes the rhythm of somebody suffering from Parkinson's that otherwise is losing the ability to have that movement, for example. Mm-hmm. In psychedelic-assisted therapy, it's used as a part of the therapy as an adjunct. Some authors call it the third therapist because there's two two therapists usually involved in psychedelic therapy. What are the two therapists you're referring to? Oh, so there's two therapists with the patient. I see, I see. So yeah. there are two actual people involved. Two actual people. Uh-huh. And so music- I thought maybe you meant the music was one of the therapists. Yes, the authors call the music the third therapist. There we go. That's yeah. what I was looking for. So now let's get back to your song here, the track that we just heard. Yeah. How does psychedelic trance affect therapy at that level? How does that work? Well, that I'm not sure. Or side trance, I should say, <laughs> as, it's, as it's commonly referred I, to. I haven't built out the list, so I don't know exactly how it affects it. And I don't know of anyone using it in that way, that okay. psychedelic trance is used. But uh-huh. I hope that it happens one day. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, obviously, you see your side trance being used at festivals and yeah. gatherings where people yeah. come together to celebrate and enjoy the experience. Yeah, which is a recreational setting different than a therapeutic setting. Yeah, very much. But there are neural elements to it. Do you think about that when you're producing the track? Yes. Yes. Uh I think about it when I'm creating it and I think about it when I'm performing. One of the things that also brought me to want to create my own tracks is that people at the festival that were suffering, for example, from chronic pain, they would tell me that they would go to the festivals and that the pain would go away with Psytrance. And I thought that was so interesting. That's fascinating. I mean, I know, you know, people have this, there's a a strong affinity to bass music. And obviously bass plays a big role in this. Yeah. And those are huge sine waves. I mean, there's huge waveforms that are coming through your body. Mm -hmm. And I know from my experience using sound beds, my good friend, Dr. Schwartz, Dr. Vibe, who makes the Vibe. I don't know if you've heard of his sound beds. Um, They have five megahertz transducers in them. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how 
that bass vibration emanates through your body and what it does not only to your mind in terms of enacting a theta state mm-hmm. for the brain. Mm-hmm. So it really takes you into that kind of deep meditative but also creative space, but the relaxation that happens in your body through that process. Even when you go do it in a, um, I guess like a, a celebratory way, or you know, if you're at a festival or, or whatever, and you get up close to those bass bins, and I'm going to say here, make sure to wear earplugs. Yes, please. Always. I, I see please. people do that without earplugs, and I'm like, you're crazy. Yeah. If you're up this close, you've got. I mean, even anywhere near them, you got to yeah. have earplugs in. But <laughs> if you really want to experience that full effect, you can mm-hmm. get close. If you got some really good earplugs in, which I make sure I always do, then you can feel how it's permeating your entire body. Yeah. Have you done any kind of research to kind of dig into the effects of that in Mm, any way? Not yet, but I would love to. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to do that with you. I think it's fascinating. And I know there's clearly an impact. There's something going on there. I mean, why else would people just be so magnetized to this like they are? Yeah. All right. So circling back to this track again, I love what you're doing here, the production style Obviously, it's super psytrancy, but talk about logic and how you're working with this, you know, to get the sounds that you're getting from a sound design perspective. Because I know from talking with you as well that you're super into sound design, and that was part of your experience with Pyramind as well, right? Yes. Brian Trifonic was mm-hmm. a fabulous, excellent teacher yeah. in sound design. Mm-hmm. So I applied to all the things that he taught me, and also Dave and Steve who I just saw right now. Steve Heisecker, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, uh-huh. <laughs> and trying to apply that to... Certainly uh, our luminaries here, yeah. some of our luminaries, yeah. Uh-huh. I know, I feel so uh, honored and lucky that I got to go to class with them. Uh-huh. And trying to apply that to a psychedelic trance, which I had to like grab what I knew about the genre and then grab the information that was coming in because I think something that is so beautiful about Paramind and how it's taught is just... There's no like genre container. Right, right. right. And yes. and so we and make a very strong point of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And I love that because then you have as a student the ability to grab all that knowledge and information and apply it to where you're coming from and where you want to take it. So for sound design for Psytrance, you know, there's a lot of uh, arpeggiation going on. There's a lot of uh, additive synthesis going on. Then there's specific soft synthesizers that I use for Psytrance to get that sound because as every genre, the producers, we like certain sounds and there's certain soft synths that sound like that. Like mm-hmm. Silent is one of the big ones, sure. for example. Yeah. Which other ones do you like? Silent, I know Silent very well, yeah. Dune, Serum is a big one. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then... Wavetable the, synthesis. Yeah, mm-hmm. Wavetable. Mm-hmm. And the virus, TI. Which, oh, yeah. Which is, you know, hardware, but it's... Absolutely... You have a virus? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got <laughs> so, one in here as well. So much fun. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And what about in Logic? Anything in particular that you gravitate to when you uh, open up a Logic session and start working? How do you get the juices flowing? You know, I always love to know how every producer kind of gets their start because sometimes that's the hardest, right? Figuring out where am I going with this? What's the idea behind it? What do you do to kind of rev that up? It depends, I think, on the mood or what I'm going for. Sometimes it's the kick and bass because everything is just so centered in kick bass inside trance. And it's trancey and it gets you into that hypnosis. So it's really easy for me to sit in the studio and just listen to a four <laughs> beat loop of fabulous bass mm-hmm. for a while. But 
It's you either mean the, the four on the floor kick with the digga 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 yes, digga with the three notes of a rolling bass that is usually side chained uh-huh. to get that like bouncy that pumping sound. Yeah. Uh huh. And in other instances, I hear side chaining to the kick. Side chaining to the kick. Yeah, yes. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. To give it that space and that flowy feeling. Uh huh. All right. So then, once you've got that rocking, what's next? There's usually a sample that mm -hmm. I really want to use or an idea, for example, for this one, there was this phrase that was rolling in my mind, the opening of the heart mm -hmm. and that journey of when you're open finally to using the or applying the life lessons, no matter how hard they have been, but applying it to something beneficial to yourself and to others. Mm -hmm. So I had that in my mind and creating a sample for that. And then just thinking of how I want to tell that in Journey Story. I really love melodies. Not all Psytrance producers are towards melodies, but I love melodies. And I think that they tell the story of something like that when you're open to receiving and giving from even if something was painful in life. Mm, yeah. It helps you tell a story, right? Because yeah. that's what you're doing here. Yeah. There's a storyline behind this. And you have a very strong thematic element to everything you're doing from what I can tell, right? The connectivity with maps, the psychedelics, the music, how it connects to that experience. So I love how it's also connected in terms of your presentation. And speaking of that, how did you first come upon the name Gizma? <laughs> how did that happen? Because you, you've got some great branding going on here, right? I mean, I don't, I don't want to, you know, sound too marketing lingo-y, but it's, you know, it makes a big difference. And, you know, the colors and obviously the psychedelics are all related. But where does Gizma come from? So that comes from my four-year-old brain. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. But, you know, that, that brain is super creative, right? That's like the unbridled creativity of the four-year-old. Yeah. Tell us more. I had an imaginary friend uh -huh. named Gizma who would she, would, she would tell me like, no, it's probably not a good idea to do that. She was kind of like my Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> and as I grew up, I realized that it was just myself taking care of myself. Uh -huh. And I always thought like this name, like what can I use it for? Like, why is it here? And uh -huh. um, I felt like it was there for a reason. Uh -huh. and Did you give it to yourself when you were four years old? That's the name that the imaginary friend told me. Oh, okay. that's <laughs> awesome. You're going to love that. that I mean, those, those, those kind of things, you know, my, my brothers had that with each other and I was always envious. You know, they had their imaginary names and they would play together. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. And the fact that I didn't see her, she was just sound. Mm -hmm. I've always thought that it was so appropriate for the DJ and producer project. Yeah, that's great. So then when did Gizma emerge? At what point in your musical pathway. Was that early on as a DJ? Did you decide that was like, I'm going to be Gizma? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. almost right away. Right away? It was oh. like, this is what it was for all along. Oh, isn't that awesome? So you brought Gizma to San Francisco yeah. and Gizma began to learn to produce. Yeah. When did you put out your first track? When did I put out my first track? Must have been shortly after 2012, I'm guessing. For release? Yeah. That came later. That came around maybe 2014, 2015. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. And what was the first label that you were able to release on? Wow, it was a while ago. All right. Well, <laughs> understandable. You know, you've come a long way since then, right? But you've had some experience with some pretty cool labels, Spun being one of them. You worked yeah. with them for a bit, right? Yeah. 
And what did you release with them? We did not do releases oh, at, okay. at the time. Okay. Yeah. So you were a DJ with them. You did yeah. some, some shows with them, right? Yes. I got it. Yeah. Uh, but now you're on Onto Records. Yes. Is that right? So tell us a little bit about Onto Records. I'll put the web page up here because I've got it. This is the Onto Records website. If you haven't checked it out, you should definitely check it out. There are a lot of cool artists on here. Um, and I love this art. The art that they put together is very cool. And it seems very Mexican inspired. Is it a Latin Chilean. Oh, it's Chilean. Chilean, yes. Oh, okay, cool. And how did you connect with Antu? Tell us about that. I've always been a fan of Antu for a very long time. I love their sound. And I've been following them for a while. And when I would play my DJ sets, I would end up with a lot of tracks from their label. Yeah. So I spoke to Danny, who's the record label owner and creator, Ital, fabulous psychedelic trance producer. So spoke to him, actually had some really amazing one-on-one -on -one classes with him. I haven't stopped learning things about music after Paramount. Do I we think. ever stop? No, I mean, learning it's like, is it's it's a lifelong like medicine. journey. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly like medicine. You yeah. just keep going. Yeah. And that's when we started working together and I was added to the label. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, look at all these incredible artists, right? I mean, Del Paddock, Hypnoise, Yage, Labyrintho. Mm -hmm. uh, who are some of the artists you feel most connected to here? Have you worked with them or? Ital and Hypnoise uh -huh. from Spain also was always right following here. his trajectory. Had the opportunity to hang out with him and play with him and he came to play to San Francisco. So uh -huh. and that's where I met him and got connected to that world. That's this one right here, Hypnoise? Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Let's just check him out for a second. You guys have toured together or done some shows together? Uh, here in San Francisco, yeah. Uh huh. And he works uh, very closely with Ital. They have their own project also going on called Chakruna. Oh, I've heard Chakruna. Yeah, that's yeah. a really cool project. Yeah. Uh huh. Nice. Are you looking to collaborate with other artists? At this point? Always. Are you? It's That's always fun to do that, and it's a great learning experience. I think the more that you work with people and see other perspectives, the more it enriches you as an artist. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you brought in a couple of other tracks I want to play here. Why don't we jump into that? This next track here is called Cognitive Liberty. Mm -hmm. Anything you want to say before we start rolling this one here? Anything to set it up? That's also a message from psychedelic research and healing the term cognitive liberty coined from neuroscience to be able, basically is talking to, for the ability and right for humans to use their brains to their full extent in the full spectrum of what mm. that means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. And did you collaborate on this one or is this something you produced yourself as well? Yeah, this is with Atal. Oh, so this is a collaboration with Atal. That's what I was driving for. Okay, cool. Let's check it out. Hit play here and see what we got. So this is with Ital and Gizma, Cognitive Liberty.
actually not checking my cell phone here i'm tapping the tempo i was curious to see what tempo we're grooving at here all right so we're grooving at about 144 144 yeah 144 you know what one four and four add up to nine yeah <laughs> i'll talk about that in a minute okay <laughs> i was like what's the story behind that i'll tell you i'll tell you the story behind nine here in a second sounds good so this is a super cool track. Is this also producing Logic? Yes. Cool. They so, all are. They all are. So talk about your collaboration process a little bit with you and Ital here. How did you guys do this? Some of it was through Skype and sharing screens. Yeah. Uh, which worked actually pretty well, surprisingly. Uh-huh. And then to get sounds across, I make a set of sounds. He makes a set of sounds. The way that we did it this time is that send the sounds and then he'll make the arrangement. Sometimes I get sounds and I'll make the arrangement. It just depends on who I'm collaborating with, but that's usually how it goes because otherwise it gets too tricky, especially being in different countries. I was gonna say, <laughs> right? And so were you, you guys were collaborating between Mexico and Spain or Chile? Chile, Chile, right? Chile and yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, Chile and San Francisco, okay. And so, when you're producing in Logic, are you then busting out stems and sending them across, or do you guys yeah. share the Logic session itself? Stems mm -hmm. is the easiest way to go. Mm -hmm. So you'll post up the stems and he'll import it into the session, or vice versa, he'll post the stem, yep. import it into the session. Yep. And then how does it get through all the way to final mix? Who's doing the final mix on this? It depends on who's doing the arrangement. Uh huh. Yeah, in this case, he did it. Uh -huh. He did the final mix. I got you. And then who does he work with somebody on mastering? Yes, uh, for the Hip label? Noise. Oh, so Hypnoise is his mastering guy. Yeah. Oh, and he's in Chile too? No, he's in Spain. He's in Spain. See, this is, I love it. It's all over the world, man. Yeah. This is good. This is good. Define cognitive liberty as the right of each individual to think independently and autonomously. 
To use the full spectrum of what is that? His or her mind. His or her mind. And hence the name of the track, right? Yeah. Cognitive liberty. Yeah. Awesome. I kinda so, wanna change it to their mind now, but it's okay. <laughs> his or their mind or their what? mind. Just, just with, their mind. No, his or her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Taking that, yeah, making it non binary at exactly. that point. Exactly. Yeah, I got you. You know who's schooling me on this? Your daughter. My twelve year old. Yeah. Good. Yeah. She's like, No, Dad, I want to be called he. I'm like, but why? She said, because that's what makes me feel good. I'm like, okay. Awesome. I'm good with that. He, you're he. Okay. But I'm still going to call you Trudy. Is that okay? <laughs> that's her name. Uh, his name, right? <laughs> I'm still learning. It's, it's not easy for me, you know, especially for our older generation, I think, to adapt to this kind of fluid sensibility of sexuality. But I really respect it. I think it's very cool. So yeah, I was joking earlier, but I'm actually kind of serious because I was tap-tempoing the song mm -hmm. and I got to 144 and of course one, four, and four add up to be nine. Mm -hmm. And for me, nine represents a divine number. And I believe in the three, six, and nine. Okay. Hence my Instagram handle, code 369. If you've studied Nikola Tesla at all, he was obsessed with those numbers and the mathematics behind three, six, and nine because they... I don't want to get into the whole complicated mathematics of it. You can Google it if you're interested in it. But nine represents a higher dimension. Mm -hmm. And the numbers three, six, and nine are the path to higher dimensions. Mm -hmm. So I found it highly intriguing that the <laughs> BPM of this track, of course, would add up to nine. Perhaps a coincidence, perhaps not. I like that. Yeah. So you're back in San Francisco now. And how long are you back in town for it? Do we have you here for a while? Are you going to stick yeah. around for a bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are uh, you yeah. going to be working here now, doing your research and, and your work here? Yeah. This is where I'm based. Yeah. Well, you were you were in Mexico for a good while now, right? Weren't yeah. You down there? I have the ability to work remotely. Uh-huh. So I was doing the remote work. You kind of have, like, everybody's dream life going there, huh? <laughs> you got, like, a doctor's degree. You're working for a psychedelic research organization. You're making Psytrance music. You're DJing. Kind of cool. I'm impressed. I don't know. Anybody else out there impressed? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool. I am very grateful for being able to do what I do. Yeah. It's, it's been quite a journey yeah. to get here. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the journey in its own way has only just begun. Also. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So what's next with MAPS? Where is that heading? Just so we get a sense of your trajectory here. Where are you going with that and your music as it applies to that? Do you see a lot of integration moving forward? still on the journey of finding the ways to integrate those two worlds more and more. Uh -huh. I don't have the answers yet. I'm going to continue my work with MAPS as we continue to do this research. And yeah, I'm going to continue the music trajectory as well. Mm -hmm. What was the music scene like for you back in Mexico when you just went back there? Because I know in your bio it says that the Mexican underground was a big influence for you. Is it still? And is it still a big, vibrant Mexican underground scene there? It's not underground anymore, <laughs> <laughs> which is what I uh -huh. saw now that I spent like a month and a half recently over there. It's when back in 2003, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> when I started going to these parts, it was secret locations. You kind of had to like walk around in the woods and then hear for the music from afar <laughs> yeah. and kind of follow it to, oh, yeah. to <laughs> find the events. And now you know, it's pretty above ground. And I mean, I think it's great that it got that much impulse and visibility. I think people need that. 
Yeah, they do. We need those spaces, and it doesn't have to be a secret. Well, kind of like the psychedelics (laughs) don't either. Exactly. (laughs) Right? People understand that this is medicine, and there are ways to use it. You know, yes, you can use it recreationally, but there are some deep underlying powerful things going on there. And as you mentioned before, too, it's part of your culture, right? Correct. How did you connect to that culturally? What for you is the cultural foundation that this came from? Was there any particular experience that brought you to it? Well, I was working with rural communities in Mexico as a doctor, and I learned a lot about their traditional healing practices. And you have to, because as a doctor with Western medicine, you have to know what context you're intervening with and how to interact with that in a way that it's beneficial for your patients and for that population. So uh-huh. that, that was one of the interactions. I'm also indigenous myself. So it's something that I grew up with. You know, my grandma and my aunts would provide different settings and different what I call potions. They weren't psychedelics, but, you know, herbs and medicines mm-hmm. that it had mm-hmm. nothing to do with Western medicine. Mm-hmm. So that, I would imagine, then allowed you to have a more holistic view of medicine and be able to put perspective on Western medicine. Because one of the issues I always have with Western doctors and Western medical practice is that they're very inclined to treat symptoms as opposed to... The issue. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think sometimes Western medicine doesn't take into account the context. And if we need to see people, we're treating people, not diseases. Mm -hmm. So it has to be towards the person and where that person is in context socially and culturally. And did you find that in your training as a, in medical school, did they address that? Or was that something that you've now been able to integrate through your own, I guess, through your own upbringing and also, I guess, your own intuitive process here? It wasn't addressed as pointly as it should have been. I think what I've seen now, changes in how medical education has gotten upgrades into more uh, Uh, social and cultural awareness. But at the time, it was more my upbringing, my intuition, observation. I also had very close friends that were anthropologists and studied history of science and these other realms that allowed me to integrate that information into my education. Awesome. I think that's just great because we need more of that across the board. We just need a lot more of that. I'm seeing that as my family, my mother's aging, and I told her just a week ago, I referred an acupuncturist to her, and she said, 275 an hour, that's crazy. I said, no, mom. No, mom, it's not crazy. It's your health. This is the remainder of your life that we're talking about here and your well-being and understanding the importance of these things. It's mm-hmm. huge. And I'm hopeful that more people understand this, that like the Mexican underground that is no longer underground, that all of these <laughs> things become much more at the forefront of all of our consciousness. And it seems like you're helping do that a lot. And I have a lot of respect for that. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. So that being said, I'm going to repeat for those of you listening right now, we're going to get to hear Gizma do a set for us. She's going to stream live from Pure Minds DJ Performance Lab at four o'clock. So not much more than about an hour and 15 minutes away here from a live streaming set. You can tune in to our YouTube channel and right back here on this Twitch channel to hear her play a set. Tell us a little bit about what you're going to be playing this afternoon. 
It's going to be an eclectic journey. I didn't choose just a Psytrance set because I wanted to showcase all the influences, or not all, but a lot of the influences that I get <laughs> as a producer and a person traveling. And I think that the ocean denies no river. And I feel like a lot of Psytrance people get very enclosed into Psytrance. Yes, but yes. I, I get my inspiration from a lot of places. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a journey from Organic House to Psytrance. Oh, cool. Oh, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. Now, do you have other tracks or any shows you're going to be doing coming up? Any dates that you want to plug here? Oh, yes. We have uh -huh. the Psychedelic Picnic coming up. Oh, that's coming right up, isn't it? Yeah, on 17, 18. 19. Right. So you must know Zippel, right? Yes. He's uh, also a Pure Mind graduate yes. and a uh, Psytrancer too, yes. right? Yep. Yeah. So tell us about Psychedelic Picnic. What's going to be happening there? Well, we're going to have uh, quite a few artists uh, coming in, some from Europe. Now, isn't this uh, part of Red Marines in a way? Isn't it the same crew? It's a similar crew. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh -huh. It is almost the same family that creates Red Marines this year, calling it Psychedelic Picnic. We're going to have quite a few artists, Parvati Records, some Forest, some Full On. We're going to have a great array of Psytrance Is that going to be genres. a camp out? Overnight. It is a camp out overnight. Uh -huh. Beautiful place in the Sierras. Uh, is that next weekend? Yeah. It's coming right up, isn't it? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah, the next weekend. If anybody wants to go, are there still tickets? Can they? Yes. Go, where would they go to find that out? Facebook. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so check it out on Facebook, Psychedelic Picnic, right? Yeah, Psychedelic Picnic. Uh-huh. All right. Very cool. And any releases, other stuff coming up on Anu? Not as of yet, as I just came back from Mexico. I have on like two. several things cooking that uh -huh. are still in the oven, but... Still cooking in the oven. Soon. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. All right. So we're going to wrap it up here with one more track, right? We've got another track here, which is a collaboration between you and Amplify. Amplify. Tell yes. us about Amplify. What's that all about? Amplify is a fabulous side trans producer. He's been doing this for decades now. Also friends with Hypnoise. They used to have a collaboration project called Delsid. Mm -hmm. from back in the day he's from mexico as well and yeah i had a great time making this track i knew it's called i knew and mm -hmm. is he on onto as well he is on Mahareta, which is hypnoise's label ah okay right okay that's why but he, he releases on onto okay and anything you want to tell us about this track before we let her go this track was about the sample, which is, that's the sample name I knew. It's a Japanese aborigine population and language. So it was all surrounded about that cultural enrichment of that area and those people. Oh yeah, the Ainu artists. Check out Ainu here.
144 BPM. <laughs> we love our 144. Uh-huh. <laughs> now that sounded Native American? Or is that Japanese? The Aboriginal Japanese. Aboriginal Japanese. Oh, wow. That's cool. Oh, I love the delay on that. That's so cool. Sound toys. Sound toys. Oh, we got to <laughs> love our sound toys. Yeah. Yeah, ping-ponging delay. Chopping it up. Sounds great. Can you tell us a little bit and about your contributions on this track? How do you divide up the responsibilities here in terms of what you're contributing uh, versus the other artists here? Yeah, this we did in a similar way where I was uh, creating stems and this call and response that you're listening to, yeah. the, that's a call and response that I created. So just creating rhythms. With the vocal chops? Uh, with everything. The uh -huh. sounds that are on top of the bass line yeah. that are doing that like conversation oh yeah yeah uh-huh yeah. yeah it's those, all about the conversation isn't yeah <laughs> it? Uh -huh. yeah yeah so i did that and created those rhythms with different sounds uh-huh and i sent it over and, and then amplify put other sounds on top the arpeggiation played with the bass and created the transitions uh-huh yeah great sound design love it really cool a lot of serum went into i was gonna say one. i'm hearing a lot of serum here yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah yeah i was just gonna say that that's interesting <laughs> awesome track i can only imagine what's coming next <laughs> thank you yeah that's really cool more collaborations coming yeah yeah always always <laughs> that's great that's great gizmo this has been a lot of fun thanks for making the time today to thank make you. it happen really appreciate it appreciate you coming down and supporting your alma mater here pure mind we love it when our alumni who do amazing things come back and share them with us so if you're an alumni and you're out there listening We'd love to hear from you. We know we've got a lot of them because we've been doing this quite a while now. And there's so many amazing stories people are doing now with their music and their lives. And you're certainly one of them. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to find out more about Gizma, learn more about what she's doing, of course, you can go visit her on OntoRecords.com. But you've also got your own website. You want to go ahead and plug that? Yeah, Gizma Wix. <laughs> it's a long well, URL. Well, it, I know it's gizma44.wigsite.com yeah, yeah. or something like that. But we will have all of that in the podcast notes and comments and 
if there's anybody uh, out there interested in being on the podcast and you think you've got something fun to share that you think is worthy of uh, the Mentor My Mix uh, podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can always hit me at Greg at MentorMyMix.com or Greg at PureMind.com. And we're excited to get you over to our live streaming studio and get that set up and going. So thanks again for being with us. And let's go hear some more music, huh? Sounds good. Thank All right. you so much. Yeah. So everybody, thanks for tuning in if you did. And you can get the full podcast at MentorMyMix.com in about a week. And we'll also be up on our YouTube channel with this too. We'll be putting it out there and sharing it with the world. So thanks again for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Bye now. Remember, if you have a guest suggestion or want to contact me for any reason, we have a contact form on the Mentor My Mix website. That's MentorMyMix.com. Or feel free to email me at Greg at MentorMyMix.com. Special thanks to Quinn Grodzins for the theme music and audio editing, Josh Valdez and Sean McKenna for audio and video production, and Corey Schubert for video editing and post-production. <laughs>